name is Luke. I'm here with Mikey. Hello, everyone. And Margie. Hi, guys. And this is Tap on Text, where we go word and think about how we're going to preach it well on Sunday. Uh, after a couple of weeks hiatus, we're actually here with Marzi talking about your sermon on Sunday. Yes, we are. And uh, the passage is John 15, verses 1 to 25. Mikey, can you read that for us and then we'll get stuck into it? Great. We'll do. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 25. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have I loved you. You remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command, love each other. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember, I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in the law. They hated me without reason. This is the word of God. Great. Thanks, Mikey. Now, Marzi, we, we talked about this a bit in our staff meeting earlier today. Yeah, and did. I think I, uh, by the time we finished it, I think I, the one thing I was sure of is that there was actually way more to this passage than I first thought. Could you talk us through kind of the way this passage flows through it, maybe the, the, the key things that we need to think about in order to understand it? Yeah. Um, the well, the first thing uh, that we have to remember in this is that this is Jesus' word in a, in a creative narrative um, of what was happening. 
uh, during the time. So uh, we've, we've kind of already heard um, the beginnings of Jesus' teachings during the Last Supper. Uh, now they've left the Last Supper and they're moving off uh, to a new location. Um, and, and Jesus begins his um, teaching to the disciples with this um, allegorical picture of life, of the Christian life. Um, like the the vine and the vine yeah, dresser the vine and, the, and, yep. the, and the gardener uh, and he teaches that um, and he tells and he implores to the disciples um, to remain um, in him uh, as a as a way of teaching of going hey I'm going to be leaving you guys soon I'm not going to have my physical presence because I'm going to die uh, but you're still going to be uh, a cord to remain um, in me. Mm-hmm. Um, in that light, uh, and Jesus then comes and he he talks about love, um, and we see uh, Jesus uh, speak about love again. Uh, we see, as we saw last week, uh, the first words of Jesus was to um, go, "If you love me, keep my commands." Um, and and now, in from verse nine, Jesus says, "Just as the Father has loved me, I have loved you." now remain um, in my love. That's kind of the, the, the annoying thing about John is because the, the themes kind of come, keep coming back. You kind of feel like you're, you almost end up preaching the same sermon week after week. Yeah, it does. It, it feels like um, you're, you're touching on the same topic again. But it's really it's great because um, John here actually continues to build on that image of what that love does. And I think it's really important to note uh, in verse 11, uh, it says... Um, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy uh, may be complete. Um, yeah, so talk to talk to me a bit more. I think one of the, the things over the last couple of weeks that's been tricky has been the way that Jesus kind of joins up love and commands in a way that is kind of confusing to us modern people. What do, how do we understand that? Because it seems problematic when we first read it, right? Yeah, um, we, we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but we live in a world... Um, that hates commands and commands are joy kills. Um, but what we really see is um, Jesus, um, he loves and he finds joy um, in God and the person of God and the, per- the, the love of God. Uh, and so he responds um, to enjoy when he uh, is obedient to God's word. Um, and uh, that, that's the amazing thing um, is because um, Jesus finds joy as he continues to be obedient to God. And for us, as we are told to be obedient uh, to Jesus, he says that our joy will be complete, not because of what we're going to be doing, but because of ultimately what we see um, in the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we are obedient uh, to God's commands, uh, we are reminded each and every time uh, of how Jesus was obedient even to the point of the cross. Mm. Now, it seems like the the vine and the branches is the key picture that this, this passage uses. Um, vines and branch. I'm not, I'm not very good at gardening. It's quite unfamiliar to me, but I guess it seems quite familiar to the picture of the Bible. How, how do we unpack that? Like, how are you going to unpack that for us so that we can kind of understand what this picture is getting at? Yeah, um... So, vine has a very deep root within the Old Testament. Um, that was a good pun. Yes, <laughs> it, it is. Uh, I did not realize that. Um, but 
the Old Testament described Israel um, consistently as a vine. Um, they always talk uh, and describe Israel as being a vine that's going to bear much fruit. Uh, but in the Old Testament, we see time and time again that they fail, um, which is why it's so stark when Jesus says, I am the true vine. Uh, he's he claiming that um, he is that vine that the Old Testament prophets and the Old Testament uh, writers have been writing about, about that's going to bear much fruit um, in, in the kingdom of God. Um, so this idea of uh, this true vine being in Jesus and branches uh, that's been stemming off um, really paints us a picture of unity, uh, unity within the church, unity within amongst brothers and sisters um, that all stem from the true vine, which is Jesus. Um, and that's something. That's an image that uh, we'll be having to remember as we actually work through the entire passage. Mm. Now, it's usually at this point in the podcast where I make some sort of joke about you and about how trendy you are, but I can't do that this week because you're yeah, preaching. So I suppose I can't think of how I'd make fun of Mikey, and it's probably probably my best interest that I don't. <laughs> so I might just ask you instead. Uh, so if we're going to think about how this text is going to speak to our cultural imagination, what are, the, what are the things that are going to resonate or what are the things that might challenge? Like, how does this speak to our culture? Sure. Um, I think the two themes that really stand out in this passage, which has a lot of cultural reverence, is the theme of intimacy and this theme of fruitfulness or uh, productivity or, you know, um, uh, living a fulfilled life. Uh, if you, you can use those words mm -hmm. um, and so it tries to answer the question how do I find intimacy uh, particularly with God uh, and how does that intimacy um, works itself out in terms of um, bearing fruit and living a fulfilled life and I think it's surprising uh, and actually perhaps goes against our culture's expectation because uh, intimacy is something that uh, we often think as something that we gain or something for our own uh, enjoyment. It's kind of this spontaneous thing that's just um, that we kind of conjure out of nothing as opposed to like obedience sort of stuff. Yeah, and I think fruitfulness, we, always, we can also have the tendency to think, oh, how do I live my life productively? Uh, and so both intimacy and fruitfulness in our culture are very individualistically viewed. Uh, what do I get out of my personal relationship with God and how do I grow and change personally in my relationship with God but what this passage is showing to us is that intimacy with Jesus um, takes you outside of yourself uh, it takes you to love others and that is the measure of fruitfulness um, and so it's kind of countercultural, um, and I would say, perhaps more sharply, I think it does critique our expectation of uh, personal piety or personal devotion to God. We tend to think very individualistically um, in terms of you know my my personal Bible reading, my personal, personal Bible reading, yeah, personal holiness, uh, personally uh, fighting sin, and that's an element that. God ch does change us, but this passage is pushing us to measure our sense of intimacy with God and our sense of fruitfulness by the way we love others. Mm. Um, and I think that's 
uh, a really helpful challenge to kind of go, hey, look, it's not just about my personal devotions. Um, that is one element, but perhaps a more, I would say the thrust of this passage, a more stronger, more primary element to measure our relationship with God and our fruitfulness is how well we love others and um, how well we love others um, as we've seen throughout the previous talks in people's sinfulness that is how we can have a sense of being complete with Jesus in the sense that we start to identify and participate I guess his sacrificial love on the cross mm, so I guess the key thing for for, for Marzi, as we're going to kind of preach on this, I suppose is how we stay rooted to the vine, which mm. is Jesus. So, um, how how are we going to kind of land? How are you going to land this sermon in terms of for our congregation? What does it look like for them in their kind of context, secular work or whatever, to stay rooted in the vine? Yeah. Um, well, uh, there are. I think two great things that we have to take out to uh, out of this passage um, is firstly Jesus' command um, is to love each other as I have loved you, um, and he also goes on and explains what this love is is one uh, that is um, self-sacrificial uh, to the point uh, where even Jesus would die on the cross, um, and the other one. Um, is to actually realize that this love that we're going to be doing is going to be countercultural, uh, and and we're going to be loving uh, one another in a very hostile world, mm-hmm. um, one w- that's going to comp- that is going to hate Jesus um, and in turn hate us uh, for what we believe in and what mm-hmm. we do, um, and and that's where we're going to be um, heading towards uh, as we think about uh, how we are going to remain in the vine. Mm-hmm. Uh, in um, an ho- a hostile world, I guess. Mm. Mikey, do you want to throw your two cents in on that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like Muzzy explained it really well. Um, yeah, I, I think um, uh, how we go about that is um, also the promise that Jesus remains in us. Um, and it's probably his remaining in us that uh, enables us to continue to remain in him in all of our failing ways um so he continues to be the motivation for us to um persevere in our faith and um in loving the world that may not love us back Mm. so marzi if i zone out in your sermon but i want to tweet what the sermon's about what's a in a nutshell in like 144 characters or whatever it is now (laughs) What, what's the what's the big idea that you want me to take away? Um, I think it would be uh, to remain in Jesus, uh, to remain in an intimate relationship with Jesus is one that continues to love one another in a hostile world. Mm. Great. Well, before we finish, I, I think it's appropriate that we pray. Marzi, would you lead us in prayer in light of the things we've been talking about? Yeah, sure. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that your Son uh, loves us. Uh, We thank you that uh, you have loved the Son um, and that you show us uh, your love through the cross. And we thank you, Lord, that um, Jesus uh, is with us, that he sent his advocate, he sent his Holy Spirit 
uh, to live uh, within us uh, and that he will never let us go. Uh, so, Lord, uh, as we continue to uh, remain faithful, as we continue to live our lives as Christians, Lord, we just pray that you be with us, that you continue to embolden us, uh, that you continue to help us through our struggles uh, as we continue to love uh, one another within the church, within uh, brothers and sisters uh, in a hostile world. Uh, so we do pray that you continue to comfort us when we are tired or weary, uh, but that we find comfort knowing, Lord, that the victory uh, on the cross uh, is what we can look forward to. Uh, so be with us, uh, and we pray this all in your son's precious name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Marzi. Well, that's it for tackling the text this week. We'll see you on Sunday.